America, and welcome to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. Thank you for being on board. Thank you for being a part of the Out Loud family and for being a part of the conversation. And if you would like to drop your comments, if you'd like to get involved in the conversation at a deeper level, feel free to leave your comments at americaoutloud.news. You can leave your comments really for any host there. Uh, but for me specifically, uh, go to my show page, you know, scroll down. You can, there's, there's a spot for you to enter your thoughts, your comments, your questions, or you can email me directly, the dean.list at protonmail.com. It's been a while since I've uh, put the, put the email out there, the dean.list at protonmail.com. So I do enjoy hearing from you. Uh, and I, you know, I'm just, I am grateful that there are people out there that want to, that want to be part of the solution. Yesterday, we we talked a little bit about, well, not a little bit, we talked a lot about the uh, the epidemic that's happening in the hearts and minds of our teens. That we're in a crisis, we're in a mental health crisis. It's my contention that the root cause of the crisis or the or i guess let me say it this way the solution to the crisis is not an expanded access to mental health care within the school facility it does involve the school facility but it does not include an expanded mental health care access it it includes teaching truth to the kids and i uh we explored that thought and idea yesterday, and we're going to get into it a little bit more today. I, I started, uh, there's two or three or four articles that I really wanted to dive into yesterday. And I just, I should have known at the outset that, you know, that the time wasn't going to be there. Uh, so I would like to take the time today and and further my point that the 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 mental health the mental health crisis that that we're seeing in our teens is a symptom of of a deeper crisis that we have which is a crisis of truth because we're not getting truth we're not getting it in, in our schools we're not getting it uh from the media we're not getting it in society you know <laughs> We are being gaslit to kingdom come. Uh, you know, we're just, we're not getting truth. And it, truth has a liberating factor to it. Uh, it, it does. It, it has the ability to, to liberate it. Well, you know, the Bible says the truth will set you free. And there is... Um, well, there's a lot of truth to that. The truth does set you free. It is very liberating. And our kids want it. And I question if they're actually getting it. All right. So we are going to, we're going to dive into that a little bit more. But before we dive into truth, how about a little bit of historical truth? Because, you know, we don't get history anymore. We don't learn about uh, the things that made this country great. And uh, February 20th, there was 
historical things happening up and down the chronological calendar, but I want to focus on uh, 1962, February 20th. Uh, Godspeed, John Glenn. Those words uh, sent Marine Lieutenant Colonel John H. Glenn on his way off to his Atlas rocket, which lifted off from Cape Canaveral and roared into the sky. Today, February 20th, 1962, Godspeed, John Glenn, came from fellow Mercury astronaut John Carpenter while still on the ground. Tom O'Malley, General Dynamics Corporation Project Director, added this simple prayer. May the good Lord ride with you all the way. And indeed he did. Indeed, the good Lord did ride with John Glenn all the way. The young test pilot could hear none of this encouragement over the sound of his engines as Friendship 7 thundered into space on the U.S.'s first attempt to send a man into orbit. The mission went well until, after watching his first sunset in space, Glenn realized that the automatic control system was failing, causing the spacecraft to drift calmly switched to a manual system and took command of the capsule while guiding it along its route at about 17,500 miles per hour. 17,500 miles per hour. Could you imagine moving that fast, that speedily, and just you know doing it calmly? Yeah, that's okay. I'm in control here. During the second orbit, a flight controller on the ground noticed a heart-stopping signal. A sensor monitoring the spacecraft's landing system indicated that its heat shield might have come loose. Without it, the capsule would burn to a cinder when it re-entered the Earth's atmosphere. The ground team decided that the craft's retro rockets, which were designed to be jettisoned before re-entry, would be left on to help keep the heat shield in place. The temperature outside Friendship 7 rose to 9,500 degrees Fahrenheit as it slammed into the atmosphere. The capsule entered the communications blackout zone, a brief period when the heat made radio contact impossible. The world held its breath while the spacecraft plummeted. Would the shield hold? That was the question on everyone's mind. Finally, after what seemed an eternity, Glenn's steady voice crackled through the static. My condition is good, he said, but that was a real fireball, boy. John Glenn had spent five hours in space and circled the Earth three times. Americans were headed toward a new frontier. Five hours in space and you circled the Earth three times, moving at a speed of 17,500 miles per hour. Uh, this uh, account is taken from the American Patriots Almanac, written by William J. Bennett. He's, he's one of our favorites in John Cribb. Uh, just a little bit of history today. Uh, just a little bit, uh, you know, because we need it. Uh, do we really need it, Dean? I mean, I mean, do you really have to go to history class? I do, I, I do, because because we need we need actual history. 
we need to have a picture of what courage is like. I, I, I mean, picture yourself in space. Your automatic controls go down, and then you you have to take over, or or, or the ship or the the, the the ship is going to drift listlessly into the into the unknown, and so you do. You calmly take over, and you're moving at a speed of seventeen thousand five hundred miles per hour. Uh, and and you you there's got to be some courage there. There's got to be some mental fortitude. I mean, sure, you you've got to understand the equipment. You know, you've got to have the the technical knowledge and expertise, and that's what you work hard for. But beyond that, you have to have some courage. There's got to be something inside of you that says, oh, we're doing this. Okay. <laughs> All right. We're on full scale alert. Uh, I, you have to act or it's over. And I, I, I think that's the kind of courage that we need to hear from. That's the kind of courage that we need to read about. That's the kind of courage that we need to learn about. That's the kind of courage that we need to understand is available to us. And I don't know that our kids realize it's available to them, uh, but it is. So this is why history, this is one of the reasons why history class is so important. You know, I, I think if we had, if we had more of that, if we had more of history class and more truth, it's my contention, we would have less of a mental health crisis. Now, there's still going to be issues yeah, there's still going to be, you know, mental health issues. You know, we're, we're, we're still human. There are still things that, as humanity, we, we need to work through. You know, perhaps collectively, perhaps individually. Uh, I, I believe in the, the, the profession of, of counseling almost more than any other profession. Counselors are needed. And they're a special breed. I'm telling you, I couldn't do it. I just I was having this conversation with someone the other day. If you are seeing a counselor and the counselor gives you good advice on how to how to change, okay, you're doing something wrong. Why don't you change this area over here and then we'll see these improvements? But maybe you don't really want to change. Maybe you don't think that's what's wrong. Maybe that will require too much from you. Maybe you don't want to do what's required of you to make that change. So, you know, you just you just don't. I, I would imagine that that probably happens a lot. And I, I couldn't do it. I, I, I couldn't sit at the counselor's desk and watch somebody wreck their life while you're giving them advice on how not to wreck their life. And they refuse to take your advice and they wreck their life anyway. Couldn't do it couldn't watch that unfold. I would just, oh, uh, you know, I just, uh, you know, the, the, the individuals that, that are counseling, you know, and other people counseling marriages, just counseling folks to, to improve their life. I, I, I don't think I could do it while watching them not, not improving their life. Now, I, I mean, maybe I'm being you know, maybe my expectations aren't there, and maybe it's not that way. You know, maybe 90% of the people being counseled do take the advice, and they do change their lives. I, I, I don't know. I don't know what the percentages are. I don't know what the numbers are. 
I, I just know that I couldn't do it. This, this, by the way, was the, this was going to be my route. I wanted to be a counselor. I, I was going to to school, and I was heading in that direction. I, um, you know, my under my undergrad is in psychology, and that's that's where I was going. And once undergrad was over, uh, and I went through all that, I. I I just start thinking in this vein that I, I don't know that I can sit and counsel somebody and and them just decide it's too tough or they can't do it. You know, I'd rather, uh, I'd rather get them while they're young and I'd rather make the attempt at directing them correctly while they're young, you know, so they don't have to make a course correction when they're 20, 30, 40, you know, and beyond. So, yeah, uh, you know, so this this route brought me to education. Let's let's get them while they're young, and let's teach them correctly. Let's teach them accurately. Let's give them actual history. Let's let's teach them actual truth, not things that are made up. It, it's it's just my my stand that that I think if we gave them actual truth instead of garbage that we would be seeing less of a mental health crisis. And I, I started into this article yesterday. The article is called Diversity Training Increases Prejudice and Activates Bigotry Among Participants, a new study says. So uh, this, this study was really uh, put together by, by David Haskell, uh, he is a member of the uh, Aristotle Foundation uh, for Public Policy, and he uh, he says that uh, DEI training does more harm than good, and it, it really it it brings us to this point of needing a reality check. A growing number of high profile cases suggests that diversity workshops and their supporting materials regularly promote questionable claims, particularly about the overarching malicious character of the majority of the population. Similarly, hostility toward those who challenge DEI claims is part of the pattern. And so there is this, this underswell, this movement that if you if you challenge any of the dubious claims of DEI, that you will be blackballed, that you will be, um, I guess, for lack of a better word, just simply bullied. You'll be harassed. You'll be harangued. You, you'll be socially forced into compliance. Uh, yesterday, I, I I read to you this this case of a sixty year old man in Toronto who is a, a school board uh, principal, and he was challenging some of these DEI claims, and he ended up taking his own life. Uh, and a workplace safety and insurance board ruled after his death that indeed uh, it, he, was a, he had been a subject of workplace harassment and workplace bullying as a 60-year-old. Uh, and this is, this is what we're seeing come out of this DEI movement uh, you, you, we're, we're seeing not only the claims being debunked, uh, but but the people that are making the claims, they don't like their claims being debunked. And by golly, you're going to hear from them. 
you know, by golly, you're going to feel their wrath. Uh, you know, we we can't have this. So the, the, the more we attempt to shine the light of truth on this situation, uh, the angrier the cockroaches become, and the and the more scurrying they do, uh, they they're, they're becoming more upset. But this has to happen. We have to shine the light of truth on this situation in particular, and on on others, uh, it, because truth is the most important thing. Giving our kids truth is is more important than giving them anything, because. Truth is foundational. Truth is, uh, I guess, to you know, quote the book of Matthew, uh, it, it gives you a, a foundation of, of a solid rock on which to build versus a foundation of shifting sand. Uh, you, you can't build anything on shifting sand. The house is going to crumble. And, and, and we're watching... Houses crumble all over the country in the form of of teens' mental health. And it's my contention that if we gave them truth upon which to build, then the foundation would be solid and the homes would not be crumbling. All right. And so I want to dive back into this article a little bit in a little more detail and follow up with... Um, with some other articles here that are just, uh, well, I guess we're just going to have to wait to get into it. All right, we're up against the uh, the break here. We'll pick this up on the other side. You're listening to The Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our customers will tell you how our products have made a difference for them. From improving immune health and supporting gut health to reducing the appearance of wrinkles and even improving mind, mood, and energy. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Trouble getting to sleep and staying asleep is infuriating. Your mind races, you toss and turn. Nutrition company Healthy Cell created REM sleep to help you quickly fall asleep, stay asleep, and sleep deep. Unlike other supplements that don't work, REM sleep is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed ingredients, supporting all four stages of sleep. Go to HealthyCell.com and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Out loud. World-class care from doctors you can trust, all from the comfort of your home. That is One Wellness. Dr. Peter McCullough and his team at The Wellness Company launched the One Wellness membership to provide free monthly supplements and unlimited telemedicine access with doctors that share your values. Be a part of a revolutionary new healthcare system that puts your health and well-being above the interests of Big Pharma's bottom line. It's the way healthcare should be. Go to OutLoudCare.com today and use code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first month of One Wellness. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. You can find us here Monday through Friday at the 2 p.m. Eastern time slot on AmericaOutloud.news. 
And of course, we are always happy to have you on board. Thank you for finding us. Thank you for listening. Now we are diving in uh, deeper into this article entitled Diversity Training Increases Prejudice uh, and Activates Bigotry. This is what the new study is finding. And this is from a, a paper from David Haskell, uh, who's with the Aristotle Foundation for Public Policy. Uh, the paper argues that the purported positive results of DEI training are as questionable as its premise, and that a focus on implicit bias, white privilege, and microaggressions do not foster harmony. Well, 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 you don't say, do you? Uh, you know, I mean, that's common sense. If you're going to focus on things such as uh, implicit bias, white privilege, microaggressions, you think those, those types of topics are actually going to foster harmony? Do you think those type of topics are actually going to foster unity in a workplace, unity in a school setting? No. No, they're not. To prove the effectiveness of DEI instruction, proponents often point to surveys conducted before and after workshops. These surveys show that following the training, participants are much more likely to articulate answers that align with pro-DEI ideas. Of course they are. They just got done being trained in it. I said this yesterday. This type of methodology has drawn criticism and has proven to be unreliable. Yeah, you better believe it. Numerous systemic reviews and meta-analysis reviewed by Mr. Haskell found that positive results from DEI training are undetectable or negligible. So why are we hearing so much about how great it is? Because they have to shove the lie down your throats. That's why. They have to keep purporting the lie. That's why. And do you think young people can can grow up in a society on a solid footing, on a solid foundation, when they're receiving this lie rammed down their throats all day long? In their annual review of psychology, published in 2009, then Harvard professor Elizabeth Pollack and then Yale professor Donald Green examined 985 studies. And then they found due to weaknesses in the internal and external validity of existing research, the literature does not reveal whether, when, and why interventions reduce prejudice in the world. What you mean to tell me there's no evidence? There's no evidence of prejudice being reduced either whether, when, or why. A subsequent meta-analysis by Ms. Pollack and, and Mr. Green and two other researchers published in 2021, so here we are, we're, we're 12 years later from their first publication, now they're doing a second one. They reviewed 418 experiments reported in over 300 manuscripts from 07 to 2019 and found support for DEI as dubious as before. So their, their first review included 985 studies. 
and all they found was uh, internal and external uh, weaknesses. They didn't find really any proof or evidence uh, of the claim of these studies. And then they do it again. And this time they, they look at 418 experiments reported in over 300 ma manuscripts, and they, and they find the exact same thing. Support for DEI as dubious as before. We're being lied to. We're being told, yes, yeah, so here's all, we've done all these studies and DEI works. No, it doesn't work. And, and uh, th there is no proof or, or no evidence. Only lies. Although these studies report optimistic conclusions, we identify troubling indications of publication bias that may exaggerate effects. The co-authors wrote, oh, so there's bias in the study that's purporting to reduce bias. Well, well, well. Mr. Haskell said the harms of DEI are more clear than its benefits. Quote, DEI instruction has been shown to increase prejudice and activate bigotry among participants. And 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 here's how it does it. And this this to me is is common sense. Okay, what I'm about to read to you, and this is what everybody's. This is what you guys out there with a the brain. This is exactly what you're thinking. Okay, uh, DEI instruction has been shown to increase prejudice and activate bigotry among participants by bringing existing stereotypes to the top of their minds, to the forefront of their thoughts. Of course and by implanting new biases that had not previously been held. Oh, 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 oh. You mean to tell me I should probably feel that, that, that bias towards that person? Oh, I never thought about that. Okay, all right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so it's reinforcing stereotypes, and then it's creating brand new ones. And they're, the only the only answer here is that they're doing it on purpose. We want to uh, we want to reduce uh, biases. We want to reduce racism. We want to reduce prejudice by increasing it. <laughs> I mean, that's what's happening. We're going to increase it because they want a divided country, my friends. They want a divided populace. They want, they want teens and children struggling with mental health. They they want disaster. They want chaos. They want the world in an uproar because then, then, then they can sweep in with their solution. We have the solution. It's this whole adage of creating a problem so then you can create the solution. Uh, it, can you can you tell me it's any other way? I mean, I'm listening. I mean, I am. I'll, I'll, I'll listen. I mean, if you think that there's something else going on, I mean, put it in the comment box. Go to AmericaOutloud.news. Drop it in the comment box, or email me directly. The Dean List at ProtonMail.com. Uh, you know, I'm listening. In 2018, Harvard sociologist Frank Dobbin and colleague Alexandra Kalev published, Why Doesn't Diversity Training Work? 
the challenge for industry and academia. They published this paper in the journal Anthropology Now. And, and here's, um, here's a quote from it. Hundreds of studies dating back to the 1930s suggest that anti-bias training doesn't reduce bias, alter behavior, or change the workplace. Field and laboratory studies find that asking people to suppress stereotypes tends to reinforce them by making them more cognitively accessible to people. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it doesn't remove them. It just makes them think about it. You know, every time I, I would watch an NFL game this year and someone would score a touchdown and I would see in the back of that end zone, end racism. It makes me think of racism when I'm just, I'm watching a football game. Uh, I, I don't want to think of racism while I'm watching a football game. I just want to watch a football game. And then, you know, while the NFL is out there telling people to end racism, they promote a, an anthem that's... Uh, supposedly only directed at one race, but they want you to end racism. Oh, by the way, here's this black national anthem. Let's sing it. Is there a white national anthem? Is there a uh, an, an Indian national anthem? Oh, oh, whoops, Dean, you can't say Indian. Is there an, an indigenous people national anthem? Is there an Asian national anthem? Is there a, a Mexican, a, a Latino national anthem? Is there, uh, I don't know, fill in the blank. No, no, there isn't. No, by golly, because we have to end racism. There's only a black national anthem. So they're going to uh, ask people to support stereotypes and and reinforce those stereotypes. That's what they're doing. Making the stereotypes more cognitively accessible to people. As far back as 1994, Neil McRae at the University of Aberdeen in in the United Kingdom, along with fellow researchers, wrote in a paper for a social psychology journal that the strategy of repressing stereotypic thoughts can have a rebound effect. When people attempt to suppress unwanted thoughts, these thoughts are likely to subsequently reappear with even greater insistence than if they had never been suppressed. Okay, so instead of of suppressing the thoughts, how about we replace them? Hmm? How about we just replace them with new things to think about? Okay, this is important. It's important. It's biblical. Biblical. Uh, you know, in his letter to the Philippians, Paul instructed them, instructed them, I can't talk today, that they should think on things that are that are lovely, things that are true, things that are of a good report. Those are the things in his list of things. I need to pull the verse up. I will during the break. In his list of things, those are some of the things that that he is telling the people in Philippi, here's what you think about. What's true? What's good? What's lovely? What's of a, what's of a good report? If there be any virtue, he says, if there be any anything praiseworthy, those are the things that you should think about. 
All right. Fill your mind with, with good things. Don't fill your mind with, um, with this idea of white privilege because it, it creates this errant thought that white people are where they are because they're white and nobody else can get to where they are because they're not white. It's that that is an error in thinking. At least in this country, you have the ability. It, it doesn't matter the color of your skin. You have the ability to achieve and go after whatever you want to achieve and go after. Now you're not guaranteed that that you will get it. You're not guaranteed to reach it, but you have the potential. You have the freedom at your fingertips, at your disposal, to pursue whatever your dream is. That's the foundation of this country. That's the truth of, of the history of this country. And if we told our kids that in school, if our kids heard that on a daily basis, instead of, well, you, you know, you're not white, I'm sorry, but there's this whole thing of white privilege, and you really should hate the people that are white because they have the white privilege. You know, and we're only what eight years removed from from a black president. You know, look around. Look at all these successful black individuals. Look at all the successful Latino individuals. And emulate them. Ask them how how did you get here? Was it because you're white? <laughs> no, it's not because they're white. White privilege has nothing to do with it, and our kids are being lied to on the on the daily, every single day. Every single day, some some student somewhere is being told he or she cannot achieve because they're white, or being told that they the only reason they are able to achieve is because they're white. Forget their merit. Uh, you know, Martin Luther King famously said that we should judge people on the content of their character. That is what we should be thinking about, not the color of their skin, but the content of their character. We, we need to fill our minds with different things. We need to be filling the minds of our students with different things, things that are good, things that are true, things that are lovely, things that have virtue in them. What is the good? What is the true? What is the beautiful? You know, what what things possess virtue? Well, you know, stories like the one I started this program with, you know, the, the story of John Glenn uh, orbiting the earth, losing automatic control and realizing he's got to make a decision. And he's got to manually control this thing while it's while it's moving 17,500 miles per hour. And then he has to re-enter Earth's orbit with potentially losing his, his heat shield. There is some virtue there. There is some courage there. There is there is some fortitude there. You, you know, and he believed that God was orbiting the earth with him. That was the prayer that, that he was sent up with. 
Godspeed, John Glenn, and may God go with you. And, you, you know, John Glenn had that belief. He absolutely had that belief. Uh, you know, that's it. Having, mm, okay, okay, it's 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 going to come out of me a little bit, but but having a belief in a God who loves you deeply and who cares about you and who wants to 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 walk with you, wants to go through the hard times with you, wants to go through the struggles with you, uh, th- that is good, that is true, that is beautiful, that is lovely, that is something to think about. That is that is something that would create potentially some virtue in us to just sit and think through that instead of being told, uh, you know, I'm sorry, you're you're a mistake. You were born in the wrong body, Johnny. There's a big mistake here. You should have been a girl, and now you got to go through all of this to become a girl. You know, instead we're lying to them. All right, I'm going to get to that. I haven't, I haven't got to that. I'm still trying to work through the DEI business. That, um, you know, this strategy to, to, to keep it in the forefront of our thoughts, my friends, is evil, and we need to replace it uh, by thinking on things that are that are good and true and lovely. All right, I'm up against the break here. We'll pick it up on the other side. You're listening to the Dean's List on America Out Loud Talk Radio. Many voices, one freedom, united in the First Amendment. Our goal is to herald the voice of genuine liberty at AmericaOutloud.news. A place where you'll find the naked truth expressed with a patriotic heart. Now is our time, my fellow Americans. America Out Loud Talk Radio, liberty and justice for all. ASEA believes that inside each of us is the potential to feel our very best. Our redox-based products tap into reserves within you to power your personal well-being. Make our breakthrough products an essential step in fulfilling your greatest potential. ASEA, we power potential. For exclusive savings, use code OUTLOUD to save 15% off your first order today. Who's got time for a nasal invasion messing up your lifestyle? Crush those nasties before they become a problem. For a limited time, when you add the new Cofix RX throat spray to your order with the coupon code OUTLOUD, you'll receive 20% off the entire purchase. Go to americaoutloud.shop. That's americaoutloud.shop and use coupon code OUTLOUD. Use CofixRx because it works. Welcome back to the Dean's List. I'm Dean Bowen. You are listening to America Out Loud Talk Radio. So, on uh, during the break, I pulled up Paul's statement to the Philippians. The English Standard Version of the Holy Writ says this, Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, 
whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. That's what you think about, fellas. Yeah, you, you, you think about what is true. You think about what's honorable, what's just, what's pure, what's lovely, what's commendable. In other versions, it's what's of a good report. This is this is what we fill our thoughts with, not with, uh, uh, not with the opposite. You know what? I'm I'm actually I'm actually surprised here in this piece, this 2018 report by Dobbin and, and Caleb, entitled "Why Doesn't Diversity Training Work?" That their quote is, and I don't I don't maybe you caught this, but I missed it. Here's their quote, hundreds of studies dating back to the 1930s, to the 1930s. Friends, kids, this this was going on in the 1930s. Are we surprised by that? No, no, we are not. Because Marxists are, are, are smart people. They are, they're smart. Communists are smart. They know what to do and, and they know what to insert into our thoughts. Since the 1930s, hundreds of studies suggest that anti-bias training doesn't reduce bias, alter behavior, or change the workplace. Field and laboratory studies find that asking people to suppress stereotypes tends to reinforce them, making them more cognitively accessible. It's the old adage, don't think about the pink elephant in the room. I told you not to think about that pink elephant. Don't think about it. Do not think about that. And what, what are we doing? We're just thinking about what we're being told not to think about. We're, we're, being, we're, we're thinking about a pink elephant in the room, which, by the way, doesn't exist. But we're told not to think about it. We should instead be filling the hearts and minds of our young people with things that they should be thinking about, not telling them, what not to think about. Uh, let's let's fill them with good things. Let's fill them with morality. But we can't do that anymore. No, what morality had to go. You can't shove that religion business down my throat or down the throats of my kids. You know, we so there's no morality. No, it's it's whatever goes. Your your morality is relative to what you want it to be. And now your truth has become relative to what you want your truth to be. So there's nothing foundational, and we are in a uh, a crisis. But we're in a teen mental health crisis, and it's my contention that there's no truth. I shouldn't say that there's no truth. My contention is the truth is not being delivered. All right, back to the article. Mr. Haskell said DEI training can create a sense of isolation and demoralization. And that will occur in people belonging to the dominant culture. All right, so so white people, basically. There's a sense of isolation and demoralization because they are depicted as fundamentally depraved. You racist, you sexist, you bigot, you homophobe. Mm -hmm. While other groups are depicted as important and worthwhile. 
in a 2020 study, Musa Al-Garbi, a sociologist and assistant professor at Stony Brook University, found that this clear double standard leads many from the dominant group, you know, white people, leads many white people to walk away from the training, believing that, that themselves, their culture, their perspectives and interests are not valued at the institution. Or if this is happening in schools, these white kids are left to believe that their um, their culture, their perspectives, their interests, and they themselves are not valued by society. That, that, yeah, that's what they're led to believe. In this case, it's society that doesn't value them. I mean, because they're white. The training also leads many to believe that they have to walk on eggshells when engaging with members of minority populations. As a result, members of the dominant group, in this case, you know, white people, uh, become less likely to try to build relationships or collaborate with people from minority populations. Aaron Cooley, an associate professor of psychology and brain sciences, at Colgate, found in a 2019 paper that among social liberals, learning about white privilege reduces sympathy, increases blame, and decreases external attributions for white people struggling with poverty. All right, because obviously there are white people who uh, are not successful, quote unquote, that have not you know made something of themselves, or they do struggle with poverty. You know, what about them? I mean, they're white. I mean, they shouldn't be in poverty, obviously, because they're white and they have white privilege. In an interview with the Epic Times, Mr. Haskell explained the logic behind this outcome. He said they were even more hostile. They, referring to liberals. Liberals were even more hostile toward poor whites because those people must be categorically lazy or dysfunctional because they have privilege. Why are they not successful? Of course, white privilege completely ignores the thousands of other variables that go into every person, white, black, or indigenous. There are so many things that can cause social and economic distress, and the color of your skin, my friends, is not one of them. The color of your skin has nothing to do with it. Tina, you saying race racism doesn't exist? No, it does. Of course, it exists. There are racist people in this world. Even those that are telling us to not be racist are clearly racist. I, I'm not saying that at all. What I'm saying is th there is freedom and opportunity that abounds in this country if we'd open our eyes to it, and if we would teach our kids that it that that exists. And that that is more powerful than any racism that is lurking in the dark. Mm -hmm. Yet yeah, the opportunity and the freedom that is before you to make something of yourself is more powerful than any evil, sinister racism that would be lurking around the corner. Mr. Haskell said those of Asian descent often succeed in the West due to their high rates of two-parent families and emphasis on hard work. 
also higher education and personal responsibility. So the, the Asians are not succeeding because they're Asian. They're succeeding because of a family unit, two parents and a family that is supporting them and a family that emphasizes hard work, go after it. There's opportunity there, but you have to go after it. You have to work hard for it. Higher education, they 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 put a top priority on on education, on learning, on knowing, on doing, on being, and on personal responsibility. You are responsible for yourself. This whole idea of white privilege rips away personal responsibility. It's not my fault. I'm not succeeding. I mean, I, I you know, it's the color of my skin, which you know takes us back to God. It's God's fault school boards in the United States. So this is back to Mr. Haskell. He says school boards in the United States under the influence of DEI ideology and training began to deny the existence of Asians and simply call them white. They put them all in the same category, he said. White was the catch-all term for oppressor. And so the better you do, the more oppressive you are. And we wonder why there's a mental health epidemic amongst our teens. When we've got school boards in this country promulgating this filth and this garbage, trickling it down into the administration, trickling it down into the teachers, trickling it down into the classrooms. And so if if you succeed, you're part of the oppressor class. You're part of the white class. If you're Asian, now you're white because you're you're succeeding. It's 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 the evil white man and or woman and or child in this case. And 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 yet we wonder and and we say, we say, well, we're 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 connecting the dots. This survey has got parents connecting the dots that this teen mental health crisis, um, you know, they're connecting it to schools, and we realize that. Greater access to mental health uh, needs to be available in these schools. No, no, that is not the solution. Greater access to mental health within the school system is not the solution. A greater access to truth within the school system is the solution. Uh, You know what? That's really good. I'm going to write that down. A greater access to truth. Yes, I, I I am. I'm writing it down. A greater access to truth in the schools, not a greater access to health. Um. Okay. In 2023, submission to the U.S. in a 2023 submission to the U.S. Supreme Court, students of Asian descent were shown to need entrance entrance exam scores 450 points higher than Black people to have the same opportunity, the same chance of admission at Harvard, to have the same opportunity or the same chance at admission into the University of North Carolina at Chapel Hill. The combined highest score of math and verbal skills was 1,600, so Asians needed to be nearly perfect in order to get into those universities. In the summer of 23, the U.S. Supreme Court happily 
and were grateful that they did, struck down the racial quotas as unconstitutional and in violation of federal civil rights law. Mr. Haskell argues in his paper that Canada, of course, is different. Well, Canada is swiftly becoming more socialist than we are. Now, don't, don't get me wrong, we're on their heels. But this Supreme Court in 2023 did us a huge favor by striking down these uh, racial quota laws. They're unconstitutional. We don't want racism in this country directed towards any population. That we, we don't want racism towards Asians. We don't want racism towards Blacks, we don't want racism racism towards whites, Latinos, Browns, indigenous. We don't want it. And so instead of constantly dwelling on it, uh, let's, um, let's fill our minds with things that are good and true and lovely, things that are noble, things that are courageous, things that... Um, you know, things that we really, truly need to be thinking and talking about. Uh, Haskell says Canada does not have this, you know, legislation that the that the Supreme Court, um, you, you know, struck down. I, I mean, he's saying Canada has no such legislation. In fact, our Charter of Rights and Freedoms and our human rights laws allow for discrimination against the majority population. So he's saying we don't have the legislation that you guys now have. You know, we don't have, uh, he's saying in Canada, we still have what the Supreme Court struck down in America. Uh, this constitutional allowance in Canada uh, has now resulted in employment postings that in the name of DEI explicitly promote reverse or recycled racism. That's what's happening in Canada. In the interview, Haskell said the riots following the death of George Floyd opened the spigot larger than ever before on DEI spending. Um, Haskell said DEI trainers are well paid to do what they do and may sincerely believe they are doing good work despite the findings he outlines. However, he believes proponents at the highest level use DEI instruction to destroy the existing society. And he believes accurately. The people in charge know what they're doing. And they're doing it to destroy society. They know what they're doing to kids. And they're completely fine with America going through a teen mental health crisis. They're okay with it. That's what they want. That's their objective. And then they they throw out this, this ridiculously uh, poorly thought through solution of we need an expansive mental health uh, uh available within the school system so they can get their greamy, greasy, grimy claws on on uh, further on the emotional health and well-being of our kids and then not let parents know about it. I mean, that's the objective here. Oh, Dean, come on, you're over the top. I mean, don't you think these people really want to help the kids? Uh, no, I don't. Not the people at the top. I don't. I mean, these folks at the top in Illinois and Colorado, they're not interested in helping the kids. They want to further separate them from their parents. Why else would they not include the parents on the results of their mental health surveys? Okay, answer me that. I know you can. I'm behind the microphone, but feel free to drop me an email. 
uh, or go to americaoutloud.news and, and share your comments there in, in, in the comments section. You can do it. I mean, if you disagree, let me know. I mean, I'll have a conversation with you. I mean, you might prove me wrong. I mean, I, I you know, I've got an open mind to this. I don't think you will, though. <laughs> Maybe my mind isn't that open. I just, th- there's no evidence here for it. There, there's zero evidence. There's more evidence to the, the idea that these individuals at the top know what they're doing and they're out to destroy existing society. Uh, they just want to be able to place blame in the absence of evidence. And that's exactly what they're doing. That's a direct quote from Haskell. They want to place blame in the absence of evidence. There's zero evidence. So in the meantime, all right, this is, I mean, there's more to this article, but but I'm up against it. I've got to stop. So in the meantime, we've got a, an epidemic. Uh, we've got a crisis on our hands of teen mental health. And I'm telling you, the solution is give these kids the truth. Let's stop lying to them. Let's stop dividing them from their friends and from their family. And let's give them actual truth. That is the solution. All right, I've got more articles here. Maybe I'll have time to dive into them tomorrow. Uh, This needs to be tackled, my friends, and it needs to be tackled head on. We're going to go after it, but that's all the time we have for today. America, thank you for joining me. Encourage your friends and family to get on the Dean's List. Let's unite to renovate the age. 